0: Well, hello and welcome back to the Vineyard Church Podcast. If you've ever wondered what the word Advent actually means, then today you are definitely in luck. We have Chris Dew bringing the message today. And along with the definition of Advent, he also asked us some very big questions around the topic of love. It's a great message that will definitely stretch you today. Here's Chris. What is up, church family? How y'all doing this morning? You good? (laughs) Welcome to church. Uh, happy Advent, Christmas is coming, I'm broke, it's amazing. Um, hey, but as always, it's an honor uh, to be here with you guys. The, the, this I love this church, I love the spiritual family, uh, and you know, I actually do love you guys, and it, it's, it's an honor to be here. All right, if you would, uh, let's pray together and then we'll jump into the scripture. Heavenly Father, this is your space. It's your word. It's your people. It's your Holy Spirit. And we pray right now that you would pour out your love into our hearts, that you'd help us understand the height and the width and how huge your love is for us. I pray that you would change us by your love and that you would just flood our hearts and our minds with how much you love us. You are love, God. And we ask right now that you'd speak to our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Over uh, the past few years, I've asked this question over and over again of where is the love? I don't know if you've asked this as well, but as I look around at our world and all the crazy things that are happening, I've asked the question, where is the love? With all that's happening in Israel and Hamas and that stuff, And Ukraine and Russia and China and escalating tensions and on Twitter and Facebook. Like, I don't know if you've realized it, but there's a lot of craziness happening in our world. And I've oftentimes asked this question, where is the love? Yet it isn't just out there in our world, it's also in our own homes. Uh, That when holidays are happening, oftentimes that we hang out with a lot of friends and family members, and things like that who are all over the spectrum of uh, your beliefs and life. Uh, you're just in our family, we have QAnon people and LGBTQ activists. It's amazing to get everybody together, if you can imagine. And oftentimes I ask the question, with all this craziness happening in our homes and arguments at the table of like, where is the love? Yet it isn't just out there in the world or in our homes. It's also in our own hearts, sometimes. Um, oftentimes, as I'm uh, you know just kind of traveling and driving around, and there's a slow driver in the fast lane on the highway. Anybody else? Just like for the love. <laughs> Yet also, like I look inside, I just had like a great quiet time, and I'm like. I really want to like run them off the road. It's like, where is the love? Actually, this happened on the way here this morning, that there was a driver that cut me off. It might have been one of you guys. And I was like, I'm preaching on love this morning. Can't can't scream out the window. But oftentimes we ask the question, where's the love? Like we just need more love in our world. Do you feel this as well? As we hop into Advent, you know, there's, there's a few words we focus on in Advent, of peace and joy and other things. But the one that we're going to look at here today is love. It's love. And I love this quote uh, that says, Advent whispers, love is moving into the neighborhood. That's what Advent means. Uh, it's just the arrival of a person or a thing that's very important. The arrival or the advent of love. And so if you have a Bible, let's flip open to First John chapter 4. And the three questions that we're going to ask here this morning is this. One, what is love? Two, is what does love really look like? And three, how can we Love others, and so first, what is love? If I asked you this question, I was like, "Hey, explain what love is about." How would you answer that? Like, what would you say love is? And if I'm honest with you, uh, that I uh, that um, as he asked me to preach on the advent of love I wasn't very excited about it I was like love I feel like it's just kind of a generic word it's a catch-all word that has lost any meaning of what it actually is about and I know we have a lot of handy men here in our church who can like you know paint things and hang things on the wall but I'm not very handy I'm sure y'all already know that you're like he's wearing skinny jeans and has that haircut thing so Cle- clearly not like a man's man up in here, and I, I, I understand. I mean, oftentimes, like when I try to hang things or that I try to use a drill, uh, that I will strip the screw. Anybody else have ever had this experience? Okay, only ladies raise their hands. Okay, it's, it's, <laughs> it's fine. The men are like, nah, bro, just you, dog, just you. Uh-oh. But oftentimes, if I strip the screw, what happens is that it isn't good for anything. It's just halfway in. You can't drill it out. You can't drill it in. It's just kind of stuck. And if I'm honest, I think that's how this word love is in our culture. It's been overused so often that it's been stripped of any real weight or meaning. We say, I loved that meal. Or I love my friends, or I love my cat. And there are prayer areas right here and right here. If you love your cat, we will we will pray for you in Jesus' name. But I hope through this message that this word love is re-illuminated in your hearts of how beautiful it is. And as you walk out of here today, that you will not only have experience this love, except then you can go express it as well. And so what is love? And I think one of the problems in uh, our language of why it's been stripped of a meaning is that we only have one word for love. It's love. And that we can use it in lots of different ways, but in other languages, there's lots of words for love. There's a really good book. uh, It's by C.S. Lewis, that's called the Four Loves. And he explains it in the uh, Greek language that there are lots of words for love, but he highlights these four words. Uh, The first is storge. And all this means is kind of like family love. It's like, I love you, little brother. Like, you're my friend, you're in my family. I have affection for you in some way. Two is philia, and it just means like friendship love, right? It's where we get the word t- t- Philadelphia from. It's, it's this type of friendship love. Three is eros, and this is oftentimes uh, that when we uh, use this word love is what we mean. Is eros. It's passionate love. It's, it's, oh my gosh, I saw that person at the store and I just love them. Right, I hung out with them on a first uh, you know, kind of hangout and date, and, and, and I, I know that I love them. It's eros. It's passionate love. That's also where we get the word erotic from. Except here in our passage that we're going to look at, the only word that's used for love is this last one. It's the highest form of love. It's called agape. This is the highest form of love. It isn't like I love coffee, even though I really do, or I love my cat, bless you. It's the highest form of love. It's unconditional love. It's sacrificial type of love. And it isn't the type of love that loves you just because you're pretty or like lovable in some way. It's a type of love that loves you just because. It's oftentimes used in the way of his love, our heavenly father's love for us. It isn't half-hearted love. It's not, I love you today, but I don't love you tomorrow. It is an unconditional, sacrificial, highest form of love. that's ultimately willing to do anything to help you even at great cost to one's self. So what is love? Here in the passage that we're going to look at, First John chapter 4, and I'm going to read uh, verses 7 and 8. It says this. Hear this, my friends. Let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God, And knows God. Yet whoever does not love does not know God because he is love. God is love. And oftentimes in our culture, we flip that. That we say, actually, love is God. So everything's about love. I love, you love, everyone's just going to love. And love is the highest value in our culture. But here in the Bible, it flips it. It isn't that love is God, it's that he is love himself. And so what is love? This highest form of love? Well, our God is love. Here's question number two. What does love really look like? If I asked you to explain how love looks, how would you explain it? Uh, I remember uh, that my wife, uh, you know, before we were married, always wanted a peacock. and You may have heard this story before, but I think it illustrates this uh, quite accurately. Uh, but she always wanted a peacock. And I was like, that's weird, but cool. Uh, but then I heard that she had promised uh, that anyone that purchased her a peacock, she would marry them. And I was like, instantaneously, I got to find me a peacock. I don't know where I'm going to find one, but I'm going to find a peacock. And I started asking around friends and family members, like, hey, do you know where I can acquire a peacock? And all my friends who wear skinny jeans as well are like, nah, bro, I, I, a peacock is like out of, my, out of my field. I'm sure there's some people in the stream that are like, I can get you a peacock. Hit me up, man. We can go down to old Jimmy's house. We can get you a peacock today, right? But, but I don't... I don't have friends like that. So I was asking around, hey, who can find me a peacock? And I did not find one. But then I was on Craigslist one day. Great place to buy a peacock if you're, ever, if you're ever wondering. And there was a peacock on there three and a half hours away, and it was 100 bucks. And I called this guy. I didn't ask any questions. I didn't say, like, how big is the peacock? How do you transport a peacock? Like, how did you acquire this peacock? Is he tame? Like, I didn't ask any questions. I was like, bro, coming to get the peacock. What's your address? Three and a half hours away. I'm on the way. And so I'm on the way and I call my buddy Jimbo. And I'm like, Jimbo, um, I'm coming to pick you up and that you're going to need to hold a peacock. (laughs) True story. All the way back. And he was down. He's one of those friends. It's like, hey, I'm in. I'm in. I I don't care what it's about. I'm in. Uh, But then we get there, and this is a full-grown wild peacock. He had trapped this peacock in the woods somehow. I don't know where it came from, but he was not happy that we were buying him. I was the idiot handing $100 over for a full-grown wild peacock. Uh, but it was clear that, uh, that we weren't going to be able to hold this peacock. Like, this thing had to go in a cage. We put him in a cage in the back of uh, the SUV, and all the way home, he's hitting his head on the top of the cage so mad uh, that he was in a cage. And then, I don't know what to do, like, when we got to her house. It's like, what do you do? Do you just let him, like, roam? And I put him in the garage, and I called her and said, got you a peacock, and left. Didn't, like, didn't help do anything, just left the peacock in her the garage. The things that we'll do for love. He actually ran away like a few weeks later. Like, he was not just going to hang out on their property. Like, he was there for a couple weeks in a the cage, then when they let him go, he just ran into the woods. And so I don't know where he is. If you ever see a peacock, it might be that one. Who knows? But then I got married, so it worked, right? So cheers. <laughs> but what does love look like is it like that is it like man i'll do anything i just got to get married i'll drive three and a half hours and i'll get a peacock that's that's really wild and rabid and and i'll bring it into your garage what does love really look like because in our culture there's lots of views of love it's kind of like no love is just those warm like feelings you have on the inside or it's affirmation, like, man, love looks like I affirm you in everything you are expressing. What does love really look like? Now, let's keep reading in our passage here in verse 9. It says this. This is how God showed his love among us. Here we go. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we love God, yet that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Hear this, friends. Since he loved us, we also ought but to love one another. No one has ever seen God, yet if we love one another, he lives inside of us and his love is made complete in us. This is how we know that we live in Him and He in us. He has handed us His Spirit. And we have seen and testify that the Heavenly Father has sent His Son in order to be the Savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, He lives in them and they in God. And so, We know and we rely on the love that God has for us. He is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God, and God in them. I don't want you to miss this. That how Scripture explains love looks is a lot like Jesus hanging on the cross. Love is not just these warm, uh, fuzzy feelings on the inside of us. It's a highest form of love that he's willing to lay down his life in order that you and I can experience his love for all eternity. He laid down his life in order that you and I can experience his love. I love here, I believe it's in verse 10. He clearly defines it. He says, this is love. It isn't that we loved God. It's that he loved us. I want to pause there. Christianity is not about how much we love God. It's about how much he loves us. And if we flip that around and our whole life is, I got to love God more. I got to love God more. I got to love God more. It will not work, except if we flip it back to what scripture says, that he loves us, then as an overflow of the experience of his love, we can love him back. I want to encourage you with this. God loves You. He loves you. I love this quote by Tim Keller. He explains this. The Christian gospel is that I'm so flawed that Jesus had to die for me, yet I am so loved and valued that Jesus was glad to die for me. You are so flawed that Jesus had to die for you, yet you are so loved and valued that he was glad to do it. This is the gospel what does love really look like? Well, it looks like Jesus who paid the penalty for our sin on the cross. That all of us are so flawed He had to die for us. That all of us are so loved that He was glad to do it. In His economy, love is not just a feeling. It's a force that reshapes our lives. It is a love that pursues us in our wandering and calls us into radical transformation. He invites us into a real and deep and beautiful relationship with the God of the universe. And so what is love? Well, our God is love. And what does love look like? It looks a lot like Jesus on the cross. And then lastly, how can we love others? Here's how this passage ends. I'm going to start reading verse 17 here. Explains uh, that this is how love is made complete among us, so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus, and there is no fear in love, yet perfect love drives out fear. Because fear has to do with punishment the one who fears is not made perfect in love and here's our verse we love because he first loved us whoever claims uh, to love god yet hates a brother or sister is a liar for whoever cannot love their uh, the brother or sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother or sister. I don't want you to miss this. That What scripture explains is that we can only express love if we have first experienced his love. You and I can only express love if we have first experienced his love in the person and the work of Jesus. I love how he says here that as we experience his love, as we hear about who Jesus is and what he's done on our behalf, how he was crucified for our sins, put in a tomb, resurrected, that as we place our faith and trust in that Jesus and what he's done, The Holy Spirit comes and lives inside of you and I. Christian, do you know that? That the Spirit of God, the Spirit of love, literally lives inside of you now. If you have that love inside you, if you have the Holy Spirit inside you, then you don't have to be scared about future judgment. He says, perfect love drives out all fear." I love this quote by Mother Teresa. Here's what she says, that once you know how much that God is in love with you, then you can only live your life radiating that love to others. I want you to picture this for a minute, that you have a friend here at church who uh, after church just you know, humbly walks up to you and says, hey man, I've been in some trouble. Um, man, like I can't pay my bills and I need a grant. I don't know about you, but i have to really think about that. Be like, well, I don't have, have $1,000, but if I did, I don't know if I'd give it to you, right? You'd really str- even if you did have $1,000, you'd be like, oh, that's a lot. Like, I don't know if I can do that really today. I have to ask my wife, all, all these things. Yet, switch it up in your mind real quick. I um, mean, just have the image in your mind that you're a trillionaire. That feels pretty good, doesn't it? Right? Like, <laughs> you're a trillionaire. And the exact same thing happens. That You have a friend who humbly comes up to you and says, hey, bro, uh, I need $1,000. I know it's a lot of money, but like, man, could you help me out? You would not hesitate. You'd say, of course, I got interest that's way more than $1,000 in the last three minutes. Yes, you can have $1,000, right? Because you have endless amount of money. And this is how we are with the love of God. We are trillionaires in the love of God if we're in Christ. And therefore it does not matter how much love we give out to other people, we will always have more love. I don't know about you, but oftentimes I'm like, I got to kind of parse out my love because I don't know like how much is left in there. I had a slow driver this morning, kind of took some love out. Had this person cut me off in traffic, kind of took some love out. Had a screaming kid, kind of took some love out. But scripture says that we have more than enough love. That you cannot outgive the love of God. You cannot hand out enough love to other people that you won't have any love left. If you've experienced the love of God, his love literally lives inside of you and therefore you can overflow love into every single person you meet. That uh, I've been over the past like week or so, I've been reading a book on trauma. And uh, one of the things that's in that book is that he explains that unloved people, uh, the people that had a hard home life growing up and really didn't have anybody that really loved them as a small infant and a small child, really struggle with healthy friendships and relationships in the future. Because it's explaining. That he's explaining that unloved people, if you haven't experienced love, it's hard to express love. He explains that unloved people um, have a very hard time overflowing love into other people because they have this hole inside of them. That everybody they meet, they're kind of using them. They're like, you gotta, you gotta love me, and I gotta manipulate you in order that you fill this hole inside of me. But here's the reality, is that a person can't fill that void for you. If you have a hole in your soul that you have not been loved spiritually or as a child or whatever, any person you come in contact with won't be able to fill that void. But here's what I can tell you. I don't care what your past is, how much trauma you experienced, how unloved you were as a child, the love of God can fill that void inside you. He's got more than enough love for you and I and every person in the entire world. And as we experience this love, that what happens is we overflow it. As we experience his love, that we just organically will love him and the people around us, our friends and family members, even slow drivers on the way to church this morning. Come on, somebody. And even our enemies. I love this quote from MLK Jr. He says this this type of love, this highest form of love, is not a weak, passive love, it's love. In action. I think oftentimes when we say, Oh, I just love this person, it's like this like weak passive type of love. Except what scripture paints the picture of is true love is not weak passive love, it's overflowing love. It's love in action. It is not affirmational, it's transformational. This type of love is not a type of love where we hide from the world or hide from unlovable people, scream at unlovable people, or act like unlovable people. It is the type of love that is in the world yet not of the world, operating in faithful presence, asking the question, what does love require of me? I love in this passage how it says that if we love others, his love will be complete inside of you and I. And I don't want you to miss this. That if we try to keep his love to ourselves, we will miss out on the completeness of his love. There's aspects of the love of God that you will not experience if you try to hoard it all to yourself. That how it's made complete inside of us is that we overflow it into everybody we meet. It's more blessed to give than to receive. And so, how can we love others? Well, first we have to experience His love. What is love? Well, he's love. And what does love really look like? Well, it looks like Jesus hanging on a cross. How can we love others? Well, first, we have to experience his love for ourselves. And so to come all the way back to the original question that we asked, where's the love? With all the things happening overseas, all the wars and the rumors of wars and the chaos and the polarization here in our country and in our families and all the, all the chaos that we see even in our own hearts, Where is the love? Well, scripture says that 2000 years ago, love moved into the neighborhood. Jesus came into this world, love incarnate, and he started a revolution, a Jesus revolution. He was crucified on a criminal's cross. He was put in a tomb, he was resurrected. He hung out for 40 days and then he ascended into heaven. In Acts chapter two, the Holy Spirit fell on the church, Love incarnate then came and lived inside of the believers. And now if you're a Christian in the room, love lives inside of you. And so where's the love? Well, it's in this room. It's in your heart and mine. As we ask the question, where's the love out there? Like, how come there's not more love in our community? You are the love that this community needs. His Holy Spirit lives inside of you. Love lives inside of you. This world isn't going to be changed with just kind of a generic type of love. How this world's going to be changed is through the highest form of love. that is the person of Jesus who lives inside of us through the Holy Spirit. And then we go and lay down our lives for the good of others. Let's pray real quick. And I want to give an invitation this morning, if that's okay, to experience more of the love of God. So let's pray real quick. Heavenly Father, I pray that like it explains in Romans chapter five, that your spirit would pour into our hearts afresh this morning. Your spirit would pour out your love into our hearts and that we would experience in fresh, fresh, Tangible ways. We need your love in order that we can go express it. If you're here and you're like an inquirer, but you're not a Christian yet, and you're like, "Man, I don't know about this whole Jesus thing." I, I, you know, that was a good talk. I know the world like really needs more love, but I'm, I'm not so sure. I've got an action step for you this week. If you would, uh, this week at some point, read uh, the book of John. And so what we just read was, uh, it was written by John, it's a letter of John, but he also wrote an account of Jesus' life. And so uh, scroll there on your phone this week or on the computer, or if, you, or if you have an old Bible somewhere in the house, like open up the book of John and just read about the love of, of Jesus, If you're here and you're like, hey, I'm a follower of Jesus. Like I, I, I'm in, I'm trying to follow him every day. I'm imperfect, but, but, but I'm in. Like I've been baptized, I'm in the church, all those things. But uh, then I want to encourage you that this week, to pray and ask God, how can I love somebody that isn't very lovable? Is there a person in your life, and I believe the Holy Spirit is just gonna be speaking to you now. Is there a person in your life Friend at work, school, or a neighbor that you're like, oh man, those people. Ask God how you can love them this week. Because I'm telling you, as we express His love, that His love will be made complete in us. If you're here and you're like an overachiever, you're like type A, hey, like I'm not an inquirer, I've been in the church for a while, I've been following Jesus for years now, and I just want to harder. You know, a harder job, a harder homework assignment. Here's your assignment. But ask God and dream a little bit about how you could do an extravagant thing for someone this week. You know, that maybe there's a person here in our church that needs a car and you have an extra car. You just want to hand them a car. Or that you have an extra room in your house and you're like, man, I feel like the Lord's been speaking to me about foster care or adoption or something like that. You're just like, man, I want to do something extravagant. Lean into that. Because as you lean into that, you'll experience more of the love of God as you overflow it. And then lastly, if you're here and you're like, hey, as you were talking about this Jesus and what he did for me, And my heart just like came alive. I experienced this warmness that it's just like, man, my heart's kind of pounding and I just, I want that Jesus. What scripture says that how you can experience his love isn't through trying to be more religious or trying to be more Christian or anything like that. It's through receiving the gift that he's already paid for in the gospel. It's by turning from your old life and saying, hey, I know my way doesn't work but I'm going to trust Jesus and follow him. And what scripture says is that when that happens your sins are forgiven and his spirit comes and lives inside of you. And so if that's you then I'm just going to lead you in a prayer right now with all heads down and all eyes closed. I'm just going to lead you in a prayer. It isn't the prayer that saves you. It's not if you get all the words. It's not a spell. It's a heart posture of I'm placing my trust in Jesus. In your heart, you can pray something like this. You don't even have to speak it out loud. He's closer than your closest thoughts. He hears you. You can pray something like this in your heart. Heavenly Father, I need you. I need your love. I know I'm a sinner. And I know I can't save myself. But I believe that you can. I believe you died on the cross in my place. And I believe you rose from the grave. I place all my trust in you. I'm all yours, Jesus. Jesus all heads down and all eyes closed if you just pray that I'm the only one looking around and a few peekers but if you just pray that would you put your hand up in order that I can see it and I'm the only one looking around anybody else All right. if you mean it I want you to put it straight up so I can see (laughs) beautiful beautiful do you all mind leaving them up for me just for a minute people who have their hands up will you just kind of look at me for a minute there's like 20 something people in here that just said hey I want to follow Jesus I'm to the gospel we have prayer areas right back here and also right back there I mean as we transition here into worship I just ask you to kind of leave your aisle and to make your way back to one of those prayer areas and say hey listen I prayed with Chris please pray with me and that we would love to help you in your walk with Jesus, right? Because this is not the finish line, this is the starting block. All right guys, let's hop on our feet if you can, and then we're gonna transition into worship. All right, I'm gonna pray for us one more time, then I'll hand it over to the band. Heavenly Father, as we worship you now, Pour out your love into our hearts. Let us experience your love afresh this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us on the Vineyard Church podcast today. It's our greatest desire for people to find and follow God, and we hope this podcast is one way that helps you do just that. But don't stop here. We would love to see you face to face. God's people grow most in community, so don't forget you can join us live at the Capitol Theater in downtown Wheeling every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. If you'd like to connect with us in the meantime, make sure to visit our website, vineyardwheeling.com, or download our app. You can catch up on previous messages and series, request prayer, and even download additional content. Thanks again for joining us this week. We'll see you next time.